I invite you to pray with me. Creator God, I pray that you would empty us of all that would distract and guide us to all that will redeem. Never allow these moments of worship to become so routine that they are predictable. May we always be open to and anticipate a fresh new move of your spirit each time we gather. Hide me behind the cross so that Jesus Christ alone will be seen and glorified in these moments we share. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> the joke is told of a group of scientists who decided that God was no longer necessary. So they selected one of the brightest scientists, a professor of anatomy and toxicology, to meet with God to discuss God's obsolescence. When the scientists and God met, the scientists said, God, advancements in science and the DNA have caused scientific community to confirm theories that life has evolved. With stem cell research and other advancement in sciences, we intelligent human beings are capable of creating artificial limbs, clone human beings, cure diseases, and accomplish things once considered a miracle and believed now to be unthinkable by some higher power. So thank you for your contributions to the evolution of humanity, but you're passe, you're archaic, and we're capable of existing without you. So God politely listened, and when the scientist was done, God said, very well, but before I vacate my place as the architect of the world and humanity, let's, let's have a human creating contest. And if you win, I will relinquish my position as the creator. So the scientist replied, okay. God said, uh, there's only one condition though. We both must create this human exactly the same way I did Adam and Eve in the garden. Easily replied the scientist. Then the scientist reached down to grab a fistful of dirt. And God said, no, 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 no. You have to make your own dirt. <laughs> Today, I want to use the 139th Psalm to speak from the subject, we are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Of all of the Psalms, this 139th Psalm, I heard uh, Lisa mention it earlier before the service began, it is my absolute favorite psalm. I, I memorized this psalm when I was about 11 years old, and I've used it and reflected upon it many times throughout my life. Oh, Lord, in the King James Version, the only uh, version of the Bible, right? <laughs> oh, Lord, thou hast searched me and know me. Thou knowest my downsetting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thoughts afar off. Thou compasseth my path and my lying down and art acquainted with all of my ways. For there is not a word on my tongue, but lo, O oh Lord, thou knowest it altogether. The psalm talks about four attributes of God, the unlimited knowledge of God, the unbelievable, what I like to call everywhereness of God, the unthinkable wonders of creation, and the unwavering holiness of God. 
In the opening verses, we are told of God's a limitless knowledge of humankind. God is not detached and aloof, but according to the psalmist, God possesses personal, intimate knowledge of us and has been involved in the formation even before we were designed in our mother's womb. God's awareness of us, even before we came into existence, is really not anything new in scripture because remember in Jeremiah chapter one, verses four and five, he says, then the word of the Lord came to me and said to the prophet Jeremiah, before I formed you in your mother's womb, I knew you and I ordained you. I ordained you to be a prophet unto the nation. The 139th Psalm affirms this far-reaching, all-encompassing nature of God's divine knowledge about you and me. God's involvement and God's thoughts about human life. Jesus in Matthew chapter 10, verse 20, uh, 30 rather says, there, that, that the very hair on your head, notice I said your head, is, is counted. The very hair on your head is counting. It makes it, the counting job a little bit easier for Jesus in my case. There, there's nothing in your life and nothing in my life that's too big for God to handle. And there's nothing in your life and in my life that is so small that God doesn't care about. If the very hair on our head is number, there's nothing. In verse 17 to 18, the psalmist writes, how precious are thy thoughts unto me, O God, how great is the sum of them. If I should count them, they are more numerous than the grains of the sand on the sea. Just picture that, walking on the beach, and God's thoughts of you and me are far more than all of the grains, not the sand, each grain of sand. The wonder and the majesty of God's understanding and interest in humankind so astonished the psalmist that in verse 6, the psalmist says, such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain unto it. Did you hear that Jamaican come out right there? <laughs> A lot of mercy. Every now and then, <laughs> every now and then I hear myself. <laughs> The opening verse of Psalm 139 reads, Lord, thou hast searched me and thou know me, and thou knowest when I sit down and when I rise up. You, you understand my thoughts from afar off. You surround my path and my lying down, and you are acquainted with all of my ways. The word searched in Hebrew comes from the term which means investigates. Another definition of the word is to dig. So let's play around with the psalm. So the text could literally read, oh Lord, you dig me. You have searched me and you know me. You know when I sit down and you know when I stand up. Verse 14 begins with the words, I will praise you. I will praise you. The word praise in Hebrew includes both worship and thanksgiving. We worship and praise God, not only for what God does, but we also praise and worship God for who God is. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. The word fearfully means with great reverence, heartfelt interest, 
and respect. Wonderfully comes from the root word which means to be different, to be striking, to be remarkable, to be unique, to be set apart, to be individual, to be outside of the power of human understanding. You and I are fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Wonderful is used in the psalm on behalf of humankind and how God treats humankind. I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. C.J. Collins translates this verse to read, I praise you that I have been awesomely distinguished. Awesomely distinguished. Bible scholar William Brown says, some readers find the psalmist self-praise obsessive and kind of neurotic or even disturbing, but, but Brown points out that the primary focus on the psalm is on the creator God and not necessarily on the creation of God. David said, I will praise you for I am fearfully and wonderfully made. I wonder today if when you look in the mirror, you're able to affirm that. Do you affirm that about yourself? I am fearfully and wonderfully made by God. Or do we wish that we're something else? Do we think we're too short, we're too tall, we're too thin, we're too heavy? The list never appears to end. Even those so-called supermodels seem to be preoccupied with imperfections that nobody else ever notices. In varying degrees, we're often not happy about the way God made us. For some, it might be physical dissatisfaction. For others, it might be that they weren't smart enough, weren't outgoing enough, weren't athletic enough, weren't pretty or handsome enough. We keep buying this unrealistic standard of acceptance and lies which are told to us every day by Hollywood. It says that you're not acceptable. You're not affirmed. Do you like you? Do you like you? In the words of one song where I put your makeup on, get your nails done, curl your hair, run the extra mile, keep it slim so that you can like you. Do you like you? <laughs> Why don't you ask yourself the question, do I like me? I, I had to tell myself one day, wake up in the morning and I look in the mirror and I say, I like me. No matter what anybody else says, I like me. The psalmist declares, just the way God made us, we are special. Just the way God made us, we're rare. Just the way God made us, we are unique. We have been awesomely distinguished and fearfully, wonderfully made by God with potential and a purpose with potential and a purpose. Discovering our purpose is not always easy. In fact, for some, it is a lifetime journey. But God created us with a purpose in mind. God created us with a purpose in mind. But sometimes as we try to find and discover that purpose, we encounter setbacks. We encounter roadblocks, we encounter obstacles. And I like to say that a setback can be a setup 
for a step forward. Oh, I just said something right there. <laughs> a setback can be a setup for a step forward. I know sometimes it feels like we're taking one step forward and three steps backward, but there are circumstances and people in our life that God would allow to help us move forward because God has fearfully distinguished us. And every now and then, when even when we're trying to pursue that purpose, distractions come in our life. And distractions are those subtle, sly, lethal enemies of purpose. Distractions can be roadblocks to becoming all that you and I have been awesomely distinguished and created by God to be distractions. Have you ever encountered any in your life? Maybe it was a relationship. Maybe it was a job. Maybe it was a, a, something. Maybe it was money. Maybe it was success. Distractions that keep us from being all that God wants us to be. That make us just want to exist rather than live. Mother Teresa said it this way. She said, life is an opportunity. Value it. Life is beauty, admire it. Life is a dream, realize it. Life is a challenge, meet it. Life is adventure, dare it. Life is promise, fulfill it. And I like to say life is for living. You ought to live it. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. We have been fearfully and wonderfully made by God with potential and purpose, not just to exist, but to live. So whenever we get off track, God sends a messenger or messengers our way to speak life into us. God sends a messenger our way to tell us that we were created for more than that. We're created for more than just, we're not just struggling mortals on an obscure planet located in a second-rate galaxy among billions of other galaxies in a great universe. Human life is not only a natural and biological occurrence, it is a miracle of God who created us with a purpose. Jeremiah said, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord, plans for you to have a purpose, plans for you to live. There's more to me than you can see. There's more to me than you realize. And there's more to you than I can see. And there's more to you than I realize. Before the foundation of the earth, you were planned by God. The creator looked over the horizon of history and willed you into existence. Selected the day and the time that your life would start. Chose your parents. Wove all of your mother. Wove you together in your mother's womb. Plan your birth order. Place in your family. Selected the 23 pairs of chromosomes. Picked every one of the 10,000 plus genes that are in your body. God, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. God reached back into my mother's bloodline from generations past and generations to come. Some parts are absolutely gorgeous and other parts are not so lovely. God did not create anything or anything or without a purpose. And I tell people all the time, 
I tell people all the time, sometimes I'm underrated. Sometimes I've been imitated, but I'll never be duplicated. And the same can be said for you. You are not an accident. Somebody needs to hear that. So turn to the person next to you and just tell them you're not an accident. Turn to the person on the other side in case they didn't believe you and tell them you're not an accident. You are not an accident. You may not have been daddy and mommy's dream. You may not have been planned or expected. You may have been a shock to both of your parents, but you are no surprise to God. You are not an accident. And neither is the person sitting next to you. Neither is the person who lives down the street from you. The person who sits next to you in the classroom, the person who competes on the athletic field or workout in the gym, the person of a different political party, the person of a different race, the person of a different gender, the person of a different sexual orientation, the person of a different religion. None of us are accidents. All people are the creation of God, made in God's image, redeemed by Jesus' blood, lifted by God's love, blessed by God's goodness, saved by God's grace you are not an accident and so the next time somebody tells you you a piece of work <laughs> you know what I want you to tell them yes I am because that's what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 I am God's workmanship created to do good works which God has prepared for me in advance. I'm going to have you do it one more time, turn to the person next to you, because somebody needs to hear this today. Somebody needs to hear it. Maybe someone on Zoom, maybe someone in this room, someone needs to hear, you are not. Say it with me. Say it to somebody sitting next to you, behind you, in front of you. You are not an accident. You've been fearfully, wonderfully made by God. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we're not accidents. <laughs> you created us with a plan and with a purpose. Help us to discover what that is in our life. Amen.